establishing the twofold creation 
One is the objective creation, other is the subjective or the mental creation. The objective creation is that which is created, the universe is that which is created by the Lord, and that is what we call subjective creation or the mental creation. So the point that is being made here is that in every perception, mental creation is always involved. Because perception of an object takes place only when the mind comes in contact with that object. So, by the contact of the mind with the object, a thought of the form of this object is, it occurs in the mind, the mind assumes the, the form of the, the object, and that is how the perception of the object takes place. Meaning mind is invariably involved in every form of perception. And therefore, that manomaya srishti, the creation of the mind is always involved. <coughs> and this is what is also said by Mahashikara as well as Vatikakara, the great teachers of Vedanta, when they explain the prakriya, the process by which the perception takes place, this is how they explain that perception of an external object takes place only when the mind comes in contact with that object. <coughs> how verse 28 said here, Musha Siktam Yasatamram how Vashtikara explains that when molten copper is poured in a mold, how the copper assumes the form of the mold, and so also when the mind comes in contact with objects such as color, form, etc., then the mind also assumes a form similar to that of the object, and this is how the perception takes place. Then the question was, your illustration of the molten copper and the mold is okay, but then it, that illustration is not quite applicable with reference to mind and the external objects because in your illustration both the copper as well as the mold, both of them are gross, meaning tangible. It is tangible copper that assumes a form of tangible mold, which is understandable. However, in this case the mind is not tangible, it is a subtle entity, whereas ghata, pata, etc., those objects are tangible or gross entities, and therefore, how do you explain a subtle entity assuming the form of a gross entity? This is the question. Then another illustration given in the verse 29, jinjakova yatha alokaha, yatha alokaha, meaning the light, jinjakaha, prakashakaha, a light that illumines a given object, how that light assumes the form of what is illumined. So light which illumines assumes the form of that which is illumined. Like this light from the bulb assumes the form of a chair when it illumines the chair. And that is how the chair can be perceived by us. So this illustration is closer to what we experience because light also is not tangible, whereas chair is a tangible object. How intangible light assumes the form of chair that is tangible? In the same manner, sarvata vyanjakatva dhihi, our buddhi of the mind, which is also vyanjaka. So how the vyanjaka assumes the form of vyangya? Vyaj means to manifest. Vyanjaka, that which manifests or illumines, and Vyangya, that which is manifested. So in this case, light is called Vyanjaka, that which illumines, 
and pot is called or chair is called yanga, that which is illumined. So illuminator assumes the form of the illumined. Now our mind is that which illumines all forms of objects. In this instance light only illumines color or form. However our mind illumines all kinds of objects and therefore mind also is compared to light because just as light is illuminator so also the mind is illuminator of the objects and therefore it is quite reasonable to accept that the mind that is illuminator assumes the form of the various objects which are illumined. Illuminator assumes the form of the illumined like the light assumes the form of chair and thus it is quite reasonable that mind which illumines all the objects assumes the form of those objects. <coughs> this is how Bhashyakara Shankaracharya explains the process of perception taking place. <coughs> now continuing Idanim Vartikakara Vachanam Aha. Now how Vartikakara, how Sureshwaracharya explains same the process of the, the perception, how the perception takes place, the Vartikakara Sureshwaracharya explains it in a slightly different way but essentially the same thing. <coughs> These thirty years Matuhu mana abhinishpattihi. Now understand, in every perception, this triputi or these three factors are involved. One is called the mata or pramata, other one is called mayam or prameyam, and third is called manam or pramanam. So whether you add the prefix pra or you do not add, the meaning essentially is the same. There is a pramata, prameya, pramanam, or mata, maya, manam. Who is Pramata? The knower is called Pramata. What is Prameyam? The object that is known is called Prameyam. And what is Pramanam? The means by which the object is known is called Pramanam. So in this case, the mind is the Pramanam. That thought form that takes place in the mind is what reveals the object. So Ghatakara Vruttihi, a thought of the form of a part that takes place in the mind, illumines the object, part. So part is object that is illumined or known, so it is called prameya. That ghatakara vritti or the thought of the form of the part which illumines the part is called pramanam, the means of knowledge. Because if that vritti does not take place, if ghatakara vritti does not take place, then ghata will not be known. So ultimately pramanam or the means of knowing that ghata is ghatakara vritti. It is chakshusha vritti. Meaning, a vritti or the thought that has taken place as a result of the activity of chakshu or the eyes. However, even after the operation of the eyes, mining the application of the eyes, use of the eyes, the vritti must take place. So, ghatakara vritti or the thought of the form of the part that takes place in the mind is called pramanam because that is the means by which a ghata is known. And I am the pramata, the knower of the ghata. So, manam 
मेयम एंड माता दिस थ्री आर देयर और प्रमाणम प्रमेयम प्रमादा दिस त्रिपुट इज इन्वॉल्व मातु मानाभिष्पत्ति मातु मीन्स प्रमातु मानाभिष्पत्ति प्रमाणाभिष्पत्ति निष्पत्ति मीन्स उत्पत्ति इट इज फ्रॉम द प्रमात और फ्रॉम द नोवर दैट प्रमाणम और दैट माइंड इट एक्चुअली इश्यूज फोर्स द माइंड इश्यूज फोर्स फ्रॉम द नोवर फ्रॉम द इंडिविजुअल फ्रॉम द आई निष्पन्नम मेयमेदि तद एंड देन मेयम तत् तत् मेयम एति मीन्स प्राप्नोति दिस माइंड दैट ओरिजिनेट्स फ्रॉम द नोवर इट अटेन्स और इट रीचेज दिस मेयम मीनिंग दट ऑब्जेक्ट माइंड दैट ओरिजिनेट्स फ्रॉम द नोवर रीचेज दट ऑब्जेक्ट मेयाभिसंगतम तच इट कम्स इन कॉन्टेक्ट विथ द ऑब्जेक्ट मेय मेय अभत्व प्रपद्यते and that mind assumes the form of the object of knowledge so same process as you know that mind which is a pramanam means of knowledge originates from this knower it reaches the object of knowledge comes in contact with the object of knowledge assumes the form of that object of knowledge and that is how the knowledge takes place the standard prakriya that is described by vartikakara sureshwaracharya <coughs> साधिष्ठान बुद्धिस्त चिदाभास चिदाभास रिफ्लेक्टेड कॉन्शियसनेस so that mind along with reflected consciousness sadhisthana adhisthana sahitam along with adhisthana meaning the chaitanyam or the consciousness which is the substratum so consciousness or chaitanyam that form the substratum and the mind and the reflected consciousness this three is called pramata <coughs> this we saw the other day that when sun gets reflected in the bucket then in that case what is called a jiva the individual that reflection is called individual but reflection along with that water in which the reflection has taken place along with the sun which is reflected so all the, the combination of this three is called jiva this illustrate this definition was given earlier who is jiva or the limited individual the ego is this three the sun mean this case the atma the chaitanyam that is reflected the reflection which is called chidabhasa reflected consciousness and that water in this case which is the mind or the buddhi so buddhi the reflected consciousness and chaitanyam that is reflected which is called adhisthanam or the substratum this three together is called jiva this definition of jiva was given uh, in verse 11 you know चैतन्यम यदिष्ठान लिंगदेहस्थ्रीथिंग 
who is of the nature of the reflected consciousness along with buddhi, <coughs> along with the buddhi in which it is reflected, <coughs> along with the adhisthana meaning, the chaitanyam consciousness from this jiva, from this individual or the ego, manavinishpattihi, manasya abhinishpattihi, manasya sabhasantah karna vrittirupasya abhinishpattihi, utpattihi bhavati iti sheshaha. So from this ego or from this individual or the knower that originates what we call manam or pramanam which is sabhasa antah karna vrittihi. The mind along with reflected consciousness, sabhasa, sabhasa means abhasen sahita, is called sabhasa, along with abhasa or reflection, antah karna So the antah the thought of the mind with reflected consciousness is called pramanam. Because wherever the mind is, the consciousness will be always reflected. You cannot simply have a mind without reflected consciousness. Just as in presence of the sun, wherever that water is in the water, the sun is going to be reflected. Because it is the nature of the swachya dravya or a clean surface to reflect the, reflect something that is shining. So wherever water is, sun is going to be reflected and therefore water along with reflected sun. In this case, mind along with reflected consciousness is called pramanam or the means of knowledge. <coughs> and that mind originates from the knower. Nishpannam tat Nishpannam utpannam tat manam The tika says mane actually it should be manam. Nishpannam utpannam tat manam That manam of the mind which is thus originated from the knower. Mayam eti. Eti is the form of root e. So eti means prapnoti. Ghatadi rupam eti prapnoti. This mind that originates from the knower reaches the mayam, meaning in objects such as pot, etc. <coughs> Kincha, furthermore, tan mayanam mayabhisangatam Pramena sambaddham sad meya bhattvam meyasya abhayva ahayasya tan meya bham tasya bhava tattvam meya samana akaratam prapadyade prapnoti ityartaha And furthermore, that manam meaning that mind meya abhisangati, abhisangati, abhisangati means this contact. So when this mind which originates from the knower and which reaches an object of knowledge such as a part, when it comes in contact with that object, then meya bhattvam, meyasya abhayu ahayasyatan meyabham. It also assumes the form similar to the form of that part, the object of knowledge. So meya samana akartam prapadyate. The mind also attains a form equal to or the, a similar to the form of the object, namely ghatta, etc. And thus, a thought of the form of ghatta takes place in the mind. This process we explained earlier, how the water filled in the reservoir, suppose that water is made to overflow, it goes through a channel, and this is an area where some plantation has taken place, assumes the form of that area, and so also the mind originates from an aperture such as eye, 
assumes, I mean, attains the form of ghata, where the ghata is, attains that form, and that's how the ghata karavrutti, or the object, thought object takes, I mean, thought form, or the nature of ghata takes place. The idea is that mind is invariably required for any perception to take place. Mind must come in contact with the object of perception and then alone perception will take place. This is the point that is made here. Bhautuvayam, <coughs> let it be so. Prakrudekimayatam, let it be so. Meaning, let mind be always required or involved in every perception. That only when the mind assumes the form of that object of perception, that the perception takes place, okay, let it be so. Prakrute kimayatam, what does it, what does it mean or what relevance does it have with reference to the subject and the discussion? Prakrute, in what we are discussing, what does it amount to, what relevance does it have? This question is there, aha, verse 31 answers this question. So what relevance this discussion has? So what we are discussing? What we are discussing is this twofold duality. One is a duality created by Ishwara, other is a duality created by Jiva. And they always go together. Whenever you perceive the duality of the creation of the Lord, simultaneously the creation of the Jiva also takes place. And that's what is said in the verse 31. <coughs> Satyevam Vishayaudvaustaha Ghatav Mrunmaya Dhimayo Mrunmayo Maname Yasyad Sakshi Bhasyas to Dhimaya Sati Evam meaning Evam Sati, this being the case, Vishayo Dvostaha. There are two objects now. Do Vishayavustaha, the dual, there are two objects. Mrunmaya dhimayav ghatav, dvaustaha. There is a Mrunmaya ghataha and there is a dhimaya ghataha. There is a part made of clay that is called Mrunmaya ghataha and there is a part that is made up of mind. Because the mind assumes the form of the part, so we have two things. One is an external part that is made of clay and there is another part which is made of mind. And thus we have two objects. What is the difference between the two objects? Mrunmayaha. So that's what he says. The Tikagara says, okay, Nanu, Mrunmaya Ghatasyeva, Manumaya Ghatasya, Tenaiva Manasa Grahidum Shakyatvat. Now what happens is you are talking of two parts now. One is a part that exists out there, a tangible part made of clay, which is what we call Ishwara Srishti, the creation of the Lord. There is another part that obtains in my mind and that is the, the creation of my mind which is what we call Jiva Srishti, the creation of individual. The question is, the external part can be seen by the mind because mind is subtle, that part is gross and gross can be objectified by the subtle. However, the second part that you are talking about, that part in the mind, who sees that? You said that all perception takes place through mind. So mind can perceive all the external objects, all right. But this mind itself is perceived by whom? Because only when the mind assumes that ghatakara vritti, so you say that a ghatakara is there 
So a mental form of the pot is there, but then how do you come to know that? Says Nanu, Mrunmaya ghatasyaiva, Manumaya ghatasya, Teneiva manasagrahitu mashakyatvat. It is true that the clay pot is illumined by the mind, but that mental pot cannot be illumined by the same mind, because mind cannot illumine itself. Mind can illumine something grosser than itself. And so that gross part is illumined by the mind, but then mind itself cannot illumine that mental part. And then grahakantar abhavacha. And, and there is no other grahaka, there is no other perceiver, the only perceiver is the mind. And therefore, asiddhiyevaiti. And therefore, how do you even establish the existence of a mental part? You see, understand the question that the external part is established because mind objectifies that part. The the existence of anything can be established only when we are aware of that thing, only when that thing can be objectified. So external part can be objectified by the mind and therefore that there is an external, the clay part is fine, is acceptable. But for you to prove that there is a part uh, of the nature of mind, meaning there is a mental part, how do you establish the existence of a mental part? Because there is no mind to objectify that mental part. Because mind cannot objectify itself. So unless you can establish the existence of the, unless you can establish awareness of that mental part, you cannot establish that a mental part or dhimayaha ghataha, a part made of mind is there, you cannot establish. Iti, therefore, iti ashankya. This ashanka is there and says, Grahakantar Abhava Asiddha. There's no, there is someone who can objectify that mental part also. It is mind that objectifies the clay part. There is someone else who objectifies the mental part. Who is he? Mrunmayaha Manameyasyat. Mrunmayaha means the clay part. Manameyasyat. Yatha Mrunmayaha Manameyaha. Manenameyaha. Or Manenagneyaha. Just as the clay part is known by the mind, manam means pramanam, mind in this case, tatha sakshibhasyastu dhimayaha, tatha dhimayaha sakshibhasyahi tyarraha. And this dhimayaha means that mental part, or the part of the, which is made of mind, is illumined by the sakshi. External part is illumined by the mind, but the mental part is illumined by sakshi or the witness. Thus, we have two kinds of perceptions. One is called, so, uh, Indriya Bhasyam, other is called Sakshi Bhasyam. Something that is illumined by the sense organs, other one that is illumined by the Sakshi or the witness. And therefore, that there is such an entity called a part made of the mind, a mental part, is there because it is known to us, known to us directly. So, we do not need any other agency to know the mind. Mind is self-revealing, that's how we accept. So a part is not self-revealing. For knowing the part, we require the mind all right. But for knowing the mind, what do we require? We don't require anything. We say that mind is self-revealing. So mind itself reveals itself. And so you do not require other mind or another agency to know the mind. Mind is known directly to the witness. So manaha sakshibhasyam. <coughs> okay. So in this discussion, this twofold dvaitam or duality is established. <coughs> Says further, Bhautu evam dvidham dvividham dvaitam atra kasyahayatvam 
Kasiva na iti na jnayate. Okay, let there be this twofold duality. One is what we call the tangible part or the tangible objects. Other is what we call the mental part or the objects in the mind. Let this twofold duality be there. Atra kasya heyatvam. In this twofold duality, kasya heyatvam, which is the one that is to be rejected or negated. Kasyavana, and which is the one which is not to be negated. So we must know what is heyam and not heyam. Heyam means what is to be rejected and what is not to be rejected. That is not clear to us. Iti ashankya. This ashanka, the question is there. Jiva Srishta Seva Hayatvam. Well, there is nothing you can do with the Ishvara Srishti because it is there. But Jiva Srishti or that part created by the Jiva, created by the mind, is something that is to be negated or something to be known as Mithya. So, or something that is known as subject to creation. In that, is, that is called a negation. Negation doesn't mean that you have to destroy it, but know very well that this is something that is created by the mind. So, we should know what is the objective aspect of our perception and what is the subjective aspect of the perception. This we should be very clear. Jiva Srishtasyeva Hayatvam Vidabhipretya Tasya Bandha Hayatvam Darshari Why is it, why do you say that the part created in the mind should be rejected? Tasya Bandha Hayatvam Because that is that mental creation is the cause of bondage. What exists out there, what is there objectively is not the cause of bondage. But the way I interpret what I come across is what is subject to, is what creates bondage. So what creates bondage is not the world. The external world is there all right. But the way I interpret the world is what creates bondage, if it does. If the interpretation is not in keeping with the object that I come across, then I will have a notion about that object which is different from what the object is and that is what causes the bondage. And this is a standard problem. And so that's what he shows how the creation of the mind is the cause of bandha or bondage. Anvaya Vyatireka Bhyam Dhimayo Jiva Bandhakrata Satyasmin Sukhadukhestaha Tasmin Nasatinadvayam Anvayav Vitareka Bhyam Dhimayaha Jiva Bandhakrit We can show by the method of Anvaya and Vitareka. Anvaya means agreement, Vitareka means disagreement. Anvaya means agreement, Vitareka means separation or disagreement. By that method, we can show that Dhimayaha that object of the part which is dhimaya created by the mind is jiva bandhakrit is that which causes the bandha or the bondage for the jiva. <coughs> Why do we say sati asmin? Only when this mental creation is there, sukha dukkhestaha, then alone the pleasure and pain are. The pleasure and pain are felt only when that creation of the mind is. Tasmin asati. And when that mental creation is not there, nadvayam, we find that this two meaning, the sukha dukha, are not there. (coughs) 
धीमय विषयसत्वे जागृत स्वप्नयो बंध सत्व तदभावे सामिसुक्तो बंध अभाव प्रसिद्ध भाव धीमय विषयसत्वे जागृत स्वप्नयो बंध सत्व जागृत स्वप्नयो इन वेकिंग एंड ड्रीम स्टेट्स धीमय विषयसत्वे द वेकिंग स्टेट वेन एवर वी परसीव एनी ऑब्जेक्ट automatically a mental impression of that object is formed and then alone we perceive the object so mental impressions are there throughout the waking state and in the dream state also the objects that we perceive are purely only mental states so we find that we experience pleasure and pain in the waking and dream state when this mental impressions are present however tadabhave in absence of these mental impressions or that mental projections or mental creations samadhi suktyoh in these two states there is no mental there is no thought at all or there is no creation in the mind when is samadhi when the mind is completely become still or susupti when the mind is completely merged in ignorance in susupti the mind is merged completely in ignorance and therefore also there are no thought forms in samadhi the mind has completely become still and also therefore there are no thought forms in this in these two states we do not experience pleasure and pain that for it shows that the pleasure and pain occur only when this creation of the mind is <coughs> this is called anvaya and vitreka so ghata and and clay the the the, the part and the clay so when the clay is then the part is when the clay is not the pot is not that is how we establish the relationship of cause and effect when the cause is the effect can be when the cause is not the effect cannot be so when you want to determine which one is the cause and which one is the effect between clay and pot then if the clay is then alone pot can be if the clay is not pot cannot be then therefore we know that the clay is the cause and part is effect similarly also only when the mental creation is that samsara of the nature of pleasure and pain is when the mental creation is not that samsara is not there and therefore samsara is the creation of this mental projection see the tikakara in verse 32 anvaya vitareko eva darshayati in the second line the author himself shows this anvaya and vitareka जीवसृष्टे मानस प्रपंचे सती सती मीन विद्यम सुख दुखे मानस प्रपंच ऑफ द मेन्टल क्रिएशन इज देर ऑफ द जीवा देन अलोन सुख एंड दुख आर देर असती तो हाउ एवर वेन दिस मेन्टल क्रिएशन इज नॉट देर तस्म दुखम च नर्थ and when the mental creation is not there the pleasure and pain are not there and therefore ultimately we arrive at this what causes samsara what causes bondage what causes the reaction of pleasure and pain it is this creation of the mind <coughs> somebody says how do you say that why not how do you say that the external objects are not the source of pleasure and pain at all or that the external objects do not cause samsara how do you say we were also experience 
that whenever the external world is, there is pleasure and pain. And when the external world is not there, there is no pleasure and pain. Why don't you say that also? For example, in the waking and dream states, in the waking state, when the external world is, there is this pleasure and pain, happiness and happiness. In the deep sleep state, the external objects are not there. At that time, I don't experience happiness and unhappiness. Then why can't you say that this samsara or this happiness and happiness arise on account of external objects? Why do you say that samsara arises on account of our pro- the projection of our mind? Because the Anvaya Vidhireka that you showed that when the mind is present, the happiness and happiness is, the same Anvaya Vidhireka applies to external objects also. When they are there, then alone my Dukkha is. When the world is not, the Dukkha is not. And therefore, world is responsible for Dukkha. So, Nanu Uktau Anvaya Vidhirekau Bahyartha Vishau Kim Nasyatam Why can't you also say that this Anvaya Vidhireka means the agreement and disagreement also applies to external objects. Thereby, meaning that, why don't you say that the external objects themselves are the cause of this bondage? Ityadahaha, the verse 33 answers this question here. Asatya Vichabhahyarthe Svapnadau Badhyate Naraha Samadhi Supti Samadhi Supti Murchasu Now we have to show an exception that look external objects are and still there is no pleasure and pain. If you can prove that then this cause and effect relation cannot be established. To establish cause and effect relationship, you must have that invariable relation. Whenever the clay is, then alone the part is. If the clay is not, part cannot be. If you can show one instance where the part is, in spite of clay not being there, then the cause and effect relationship between clay and the part is, is, is not a valid. Yatra yatra dhumaha tatra tatra vannihi. Wherever the smoke is, the fire must be there. Smoke can be there only when fire is. Smoke cannot be there when fire is not. Then alone it is proven that fire is the cause of the smoke. If you can somehow show an instance where the smoke is and fire is not, then this vyapti or the invariance will be will, will be uh, not acceptable. <coughs> so we have to show him an instance where the external objects are and still Sukha Dukkha or the bondage is not. If you can show that case, then the cause and effect relationship between external objects and pleasure and pain is not valid. We have shown, and we should also show that pleasure and pain are invariably there whenever the mental objects are. If you can prove that, then the relationship of cause and effect between mental objects and Sukha Dukkha gets established. That's what it does. Asatya Vichabhakyate Swapnadau, in dream, etc. Swapnadau, dream, etc. means what? In dream, in my memory, in my reverie or what? Mental projections, you know. Bahyate asatyapi, even though corresponding external object is not there, just as in dream, or 
when I recollect something of the past or when I am imagining something in my mind, the corresponding external objects are not there, even then I do experience happiness and unhappiness. An external object need not be there. All that is required is it should be in my mind. And then I do experience happiness and unhappiness. Samadhi supti murchasu. And whereas when I am in samadhi or when I am in sleep or when I faint, you know, when I am unconscious, sati api, even though all the external world is there, nabadhyade, then I do not accept or I do not experience any happiness or unhappiness. So I experience happiness and unhappiness only when the mental world is, but not necessarily when the external world is. If mental world is not and external world is, then also I don't experience and therefore there is no relationship between the external objects and my happiness and happiness. <coughs> says here, Naraha Manushyaha Etad Upalakshanam Anyashamapi this is what happens to man. And when the author uses the word badhyate naraha, that a man is bound on account of the projections or the creation of his mind, that also applies to other living beings, like dogs and cats and all of them. That when they are also sleeping, there is no samsara for them. And when they are in dream, etc., I guess, you know, I imagine that the dogs also must be dreaming and cat also must be dreaming, we don't know. If there is a mind, there must be dream also. And I don't know whether the dog also projects things in his mind or cat also has some, you know, things like that, memories, etc. I assume they may have. But if they have, then they are also samsari. Etad upalakshanam anyeshamapi. Naraha stands for all the living beings here. Svapnadav svapna svatyadi kale bahyarthe anukule yoshidadav pratikule Vyagradauche Parmarthike Vishay Asatyabi Avidyamanapi Badhyate Sukadukabhyam Vidyate Swapnado in dream etc. etc. includes what? Memory. Also includes our our all uh, manorasa, meaning all the mental creations in our own mind. <coughs> when these things are there, Bhakyate Anukule Vishay Asatyapi, even though the anukula or likable object or desirable object is not there. All it is is in my mind. I remember something desirable. And he gives standard illustration, Yoshidadav, such as woman, etc. He was talking to man, you know, it could be the other way around. So, for a man, for example, when he thinks of someone that he loves, the person may not be there out. All that you need is the thought, either you dream. So, Swamiji, I dreamt of this person, makes me happy. Even though person is no more here, the very, I see that person in the dream and I am happy. Sometimes you need no dream, you just remember and you feel happy. Or sometimes you sit there and project that you are in some place with that person or whatever it is, and also you can be happy. The idea is that what you require is a mental creation of that object which you desire. That's all you need. It's not necessary that an actual object has to be. According to Vedantins, there is no corresponding object anywhere. What makes you happy? That lump of thing never makes you happy. What makes you happy is something in your own mind anyway, or whatever it is. But then, Bhashyate Anukule, Pratikule, Vyagradauche, and that is Pratikula Vishaya also. Like tiger, etc. 
So when you dream of a thief or a tiger, you are scared even though an external tiger or a thief is not present. Sometimes the very memory also makes you very, you know, unhappy. You remember a certain incident or you remember a certain person, you know, and you can see the person is sitting there and the expressions on the face change just like that. What happened? Because he remembered something unpleasant. And the memory of the unpleasant also makes me unhappy. Even though there is no cause at the moment or there is no corresponding object. Even then, I am unhappy if the thought of that object occurs in my mind. Or I may imagine there are people, two kinds of people are there. There are some people who always are in their own world, rejecting a very uh, fancy world and enjoying that. There are also people who all the time project in their mind all kinds of unfavorable situations also and become unhappy. Why are you unhappy? Suddenly these thoughts come in my mind. Or you sit and create those thoughts anyway. So for becoming unhappy also, I don't require anything. All I require is my mind. For becoming happy also, I don't require anything. All I require is my mind. That's all. <coughs> and so, paramarthike vishaye asatiyabhi. Paramarthike means tangible. In this case, vyavharika. So, vyavharika, tangible or objective reality means tangible object, even though it is not there. Avidyamane abhi badhyate sukhadukkhabhyam yudhyate this man is bound by happiness and unhappiness, even though a corresponding external object is not there. <coughs> samadhi supti murchasu In samadhi means state of absorption. Supti in the state of deep sleep. Murcha in the state of unconsciousness. Asmin bahyarte satyapi. All the things are there. The one who he loves this person so much, is right on the bedside, this fellow is sleeping, well, he doesn't feel happy. Or he is unconscious, does not feel happy. And by the same token, even a, t- a thief may be there, standing right on your bedside, with a gun in the hand, but if you are asleep, well, there is no fear at all, there is no dukkha. So the object may be there, but then, if you are, if you don't perceive that object, meaning, if a corresponding mental form is not there, then the presence of the external object also does not create happiness. State of unconsciousness, this person does not become the enjoyer or experiencer of happiness or unhappiness. Ataha tad vishayav anvayav vitareko That shows that external objects are not directly responsible for happiness and unhappiness. Meaning the external world is not responsible for happiness and unhappiness. It is a corresponding impression that is formed in my mind that alone is responsible for happiness and unhappiness. Therefore, it amounts to saying that I feel happy with my own mind, I feel unhappy with my own mind. And all that is necessary is that I have, depends on what kind of interpretation I have of the external world. If what I come across, I perceive, my eyes perceive the object alright, but my mind interprets the object also. And accordingly, if it is a distorted interpretation, maybe I may feel unhappy, in spite of the fact that there is nothing in that external object to make me unhappy. Or by the same token, I can feel happy also, even though that object may not have anything to make me happy. 
it is my interpretation which is based on my past impressions etc which creates the happiness and unhappiness and not an external object <coughs> so there is no anvayavitrika meaning there is no invariable relationship between external objects and sukha dukha there is however an invariable relationship between the mental modes and the sukha dukha and therefore that creation of the mind is a cause for happiness and unhappiness and therefore it is that which is to be given up and not the external world thus we come across we now are slowly narrowing it down what is hayam and what is not hayam <coughs> he gives a very interesting illustration manomaya prapanchasya bandhagatvena anvaya vitarekau udaharena spashtayati that it is manomaya prapancha it is the creation of the mind that is bandhakam meaning that is what causes the bondage causes the happiness and unhappiness that anvaya vitarekau the agreement and disagreement is shown by an illustration <coughs> in the verses 34 and 35 <coughs> says the verse 34 दूरदेशं गते पुत्रे जीवत्यवात्रपिताक्यन मृत मोदी दूरदेशम गते पुत्रे देशांतरम प्राप्ते पुत्रे हियर इज एन ओल्ड मैन हु सन हैज गॉन इनटू अनदर कंट्री सम अदर प्लेस फार अवे जीवति एव इवन दो दैट सन इज अलाइव इन दैट प्लेस जीवति एव सति अत्र स्वगृहे स्थितः तस्य पिता दिस फादर इज इन हिज ओन हाउस एंड हिज सन हैज गॉन अवे टू अ फार अवे प्लेस the fellow is hale and hearty there alive and well even then vipralambakasya vachanaihi somebody comes there mithya vachanaihi somebody comes here and he cheats meaning he lies to this father what is it tvatputro mrutah he your son is dead you know somebody comes here and deliberately deliberately otherwise also somebody comes and misinforms the father or he gives a wrong information to the father tvat putro mudramrataha your son is dead so paravanchakasya here vanchaka vanchaka means fellow cheats so one who deliberately cheats and comes to this person and says your son is dead idi evam rupena vakyena svaputram mrutam kalpayitva what does this father think hey my son is dead svaputram mrutam kalpayitva thinking that his son is dead प्ररोदी प्रकर्षेण रोदनम करोदी नॉट ओनली रोदी प्ररोदी डेथ ऑफ सन इज नॉट एन ऑर्डनरी थिंग सी बिकॉज दिस सन इज बीन ब्रॉट अप आफ्टर अ लॉट ऑफ एफर्ट यू नो पर्टिकुलरली इन इंडिया पीपल लुक अप टू द सन टू टेक केयर ऑफ दैम वेन दे ग्रो ओल्ड सो सन इज वेरी इंपॉर्टेंट दैट बिकॉज ही इज अर्निंग मेंबर आफ्टर ऑल गर्ल्स डोंट अर्न एनीथिंग एंड दफ इंपॉर्टेंस ऑफ द बॉयज यू नो बिकॉज दे अर्न and they protect so whom naraka trayate iti putra one who protects the father or saves the father from naraka 
is called putraha not putri but putraha does it you know and so therefore putra is very important and only when the, the, the ancestors have departed who gives them this uh, pinda so all the water and things are offered by the sun he is qualified and therefore sun is a very important thing of course sun cannot be uh, uh, unless the, the father and mother both are required no doubt for the sun to be but still important is sun and so for father sun is a very important thing in his heart and when he discovers now when he learns that sun is dead natu rodidi prakarshena rodidi he really the wails you know loudly thinking that his son is dead even though the fellow is alive there the father thinks sometimes it happens from the battlefield such news comes you know uh, that some boy is dead and here there have been instances where all the cremation ceremonies and all kinds of things have done and the fellow re- arrives after six months you know alive but then before then all kinds of things have happened so all you know for you to weep and feel unhappy all that is necessary is a thought in the mind that my son is dead he need not actually be dead by the same token the verse 35 says mrute pi tasmin vartayam अश्रुताय tasmin eva putre tatreva mrutevi that very same boy now is dead tan mrutivartayam ashrutayam but when as long as the father is not heard as long as he has not gained the news of the death of his son even though the son is dead the father has not heard the news of the death of the son narodanam karoti so long he does not weep at all he here enjoys you know he might be enjoying himself here eating all kinds of good food and what not even though the son is dead there other than a person dies in the family for about a year or so they won't cook you know they won't prepare any sweets and things like that so out of that is the mourning period but his father does not know and so he doesn't feel happy and therefore phalitamaha what does it mean ataha sarvasya jeevasya bandhakrit manasam jagata it is manasam jagat sarvasya jeevasya bandhakrit it is manasam jagat meaning the world of the mind world that is created by the mind that alone is bandhakrut that alone creates happiness and unhappiness and not an actual thing that but how that actual thing is perceived by you how it is interpreted by you that impression that arises in the mind for which an external object may be responsible or not even responsible as in dream but then when a certain mental impression arises it will definitely cause pleasure or pain depending upon your past samskara it is possible that fellow's death may make somebody happy also it is not rule that because the son is dead that the father should necessarily weep sometimes he may feel all right you know gone for good because he may be nuisance also so it's not that every son is necessarily because as much as son can be a blessing he can be a tremendous daughter cannot be much of a nuisance because she is gone you know when she is married she goes to the in-laws house and therefore okay fine 
But this fellow remains with you and therefore he can be a tremendous nuisance as well. Sometimes therefore there may be a person who is harassing you and if you find that he's gone, well you may be happy also. But doesn't matter what makes you happy or unhappy, but the point is a, a impression arising in the mind alone can make you happy or unhappy, not necessarily an external situation. That's the whole idea here. <coughs> okay. Om Puranamadav Puranamidam Puranat Puranamudachyade Puranasya Puranamadaya Puranamevavashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Badarayanam Sutra Bhasha Krutau Vande Bhagavanta Upunaf Punaha Ishwaro Guru Ratnevi Murti Veda Vibhagine Vyoma Vatvyapta Dehaya Dakshina Murtaye Namaha Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Hari Om